0: You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Sontanam from Mint's Personal Finance Team. In this episode, we'll talk about the AIF industry and the recent changes that the regulator SEBI brought in for AIF providers. AIF, Alternative Investment Funds, have been the preferred investment revenue for high net worth individuals and it requires a minimum investment amount of 1 crore rupees. The AAF sector is one of the fastest growing in the investment industry space. If you want to know where AAFs invest in, different types of AAFs in the country, and what should be the objective of investing in AAFs, you must check one of my previous episodes with the title, What are Hedge Funds and who can invest in them? In this episode, we'll focus more on the recent changes that the SEBI came up with and how it will impact investors and the industry. To decode this subject, we have with us Vineet Bagri, who manages etna Investments AIF and is also serving as its CEO. Vineet is a Chartered Accountant with an All India Merit rank. He has over 23 years of experience across banks, NBFCs and advisory space. Now, without any further ado, let's invite him. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hello Vinay, welcome to Why Not Mint Money.
1: Hi, how are you today?
0: I'm good, I'm good. How's it going? Things are good,
1: things are good. (laughs)
0: Sure. Vineet, uh, in this podcast, you know, I want to talk to you about the recent uh, changes in the AIF industry. But let's start with the basics. You know, why don't you tell us briefly about what AIFs are, alternative investment funds are and who invests in them? So, uh,
1: see, I'm going to give a little bit of a longer answer because it becomes a little easier for uh, uh, people to understand how this works. So, essentially, the entire business of managing investments is regulated by sebi if today uh, any individual or any entity wants to manage your investments you have to get a license from sebi there are a lot of people who do this on an unlicensed basis they are actually doing something that is illegal it is not permitted and a lot of uh, youtube influencers etc we see in fact uh, very recently the RBI and SEBI have actually also expressed concern about these uh these people who are unlicensed, but that's a different matter. Broadly speaking, there are three categories that are permitted by the regulator. The first category is the mutual fund, which basically, as all of us know, is a pooled investment vehicle. So a lot of people can put their money in the mutual fund there is a very small minimum amount that you can invest you can start investing in mutual funds with as much as little as 100 rupees Uh, the mutual fund license essentially is for retail investors but even larger investors do invest in mutual funds all the time because of the quality of fund managers the business houses and the reputations that uh, come with it and so on but essentially, that's the largest and the mainstay of the investments business in India, which is mutual funds. So, that's a retail vehicle mostly, but also utilized by high net worth individuals. The second platform that the regulator gives you is what is called the PMS license, which is called the Portfolio Management Service License. The Portfolio Management Service License has three parts there is what we call discretionary portfolio management non-discretionary portfolio management and then portfolio advisor. So, the portfolio management basically is when a a registered advisor with SEBI basically manages your portfolio on uh, behalf. Basically, they are going to charge you a fee and manage your portfolio. So, for example, uh, you've heard of ASK which manages PMS. That is a PMS portfolio you have. So many of these which run PMS portfolio. Uh, that's the portfolio management service. The minimum that you invest in portfolio management is 50 lakhs. Uh, the, uh, the three types of portfolio management that you can do is essentially discretionary, where the power to take decisions is with the fund manager. Then there is non-discretionary, where you, the fund manager doesn't take any decision. You take the decisions and the fund manager does the execution and the third part which is called advisory where the portfolio manager will essentially just tell you what you can do whether you want to do it or don't want to do it is up to you and execution is also in your hands so this is what portfolio management system is all about it's service is all about and portfolio management services are basically for net, high net worth individuals who will invest more than 1 crore uh, more than 50 lakhs the important thing is that in portfolio management systems, you uh, services, you cannot do any form of leverage. So if you want to, for example, borrow or you want to take a position larger than your capital, you can't do that. The third type of uh, pool vehicle say, or third type of license that the regulator gives for investment management is what is called the alternate investment fund or which is now called AIF uh, in popular terminology, AIF. There are three types of AIF, CAT1, CAT2, CAT3. And uh, CAT1 and CAT2 are essentially for unlisted securities, which are uh, uh, more in the nature of private equity. CAT1 is essentially for venture capital and uh, very small companies. CAT2 is for unlisted uh, uh, investments, which could be in uh, private equity, private debt. And category 3 is where the regulator allows you to do various things. They allow you to be... Uh, more creative in expressing yourself. They allow you to take listed investments. They allow you to do derivatives. They allow you to do leverage and so on. So these are the three categories. In category three, the limit, uh, minimum limit of investment is one crore. So this is actually for people who want to make a single investment of one crore. So, this is the difference.
0: That, that really sets a uh, context uh, to what we are going to talk about now. Uh, so, it is about the changes that we've seen in the AEF industry uh, that are uh, stated by the regulator SEBI recently. Uh, so, these, the recent circular says that a direct plan must be allowed in AIFs. So, that means an investor can now directly invest in an AIF without going through an intermediary, right? So, it's just like That's mutual funds. That's
1: correct.
0: Yeah, so how was it so far, Vinit, in the AAF industry?
1: So, uh, basically, what is a, a direct plan, regular plan, so just very quickly touching upon that. There is a regular plan, which essentially is a plan which is sold under distribution. And where the person who is selling you the plan gets a commission from the manufacturer. So. Uh, a mutual fund is a manufacturer somebody who runs the AIF is a manufacturer because they all charge what is called management fees and out of that management fee they will give a commission to whoever is basically bringing the client to them so this is essentially what is called distribution and what is called regular plan when the client is sophisticated or they understand what they want to do or in certain cases where the client actually finds out and comes to the investment manager for their services, the client should not have to pay any fees other than what the investment manager charges. This is basically the thought process of the regulator. Now, if you look at mutual funds, mutual funds also have these two codes. They are direct and regular. In the regular code, you have distributors and there are lots of people who need help in... Uh, building portfolios they essentially go to somebody who's a financial advisor the advisor would advise the investor in terms of what you want to do and uh, so on and they will create a portfolio and then they get paid by the mutual fund for whatever they do but if you remove the commission of the mutual fund from the total regular plan expenses that are charged by the uh, mutual fund that is essentially the cost that the investor is paying to the fund manager now when you come through the regular route that is the cost that the investor ends up paying which basically means that in a numerical sense let's say the regular plan expenses on a mutual fund are two percent and the invest the distributor who got the uh investor to the mutual fund is getting one percent commission from the mutual fund the actual cost for the mutual fund is only 1%. Now, if the investor were to go directly to the mutual fund, the investor would have to pay only 1%. So, on a like-to-like basis, the investor would make more return by investing through the direct plan. So, this is the uh, way how the regular and direct plans work. Now, when you look at the AIF uh, regulations, there was no provision in the AIF regulation for a direct plan. So AIF used to have only single plan and there was no bifurcation also in terms of a regular and a direct plan in the AIF regulation. There was only one plan, which was basically the standard. Then what happened was that you had distributors who used to sell AIF uh, to their investors and they used to get a commission from the AIF manufacturer, the fund manager, for introducing these clients to the AIF. What was happening in the industry however the expenses that were charged by the investment manager for the people who came through a distributor and the people who came directly was absolutely the same because there was no provision really for a direct scheme so what ended up happening was that you had The investor, whether they came directly to the AIF or they went through a distributor, their costs were the same. This this is not what the regulator had intended. The second problem was that when you have an investment advisor who is charging fees from the investor, they cannot receive any commission from any other person who manufactures products. Now in the Because they
0: receive sorry, sorry to interrupt you, because they receive fee from the investor.
1: That is correct. So the regulator has a category which is called a registered investment advisor, which is also the third part of the PMS license, but you could also get that as a standalone license, where the investment advisor essentially charges the investor for the services that they render to the investor, which is basically investment advisor. The direct plan, so any so anyway, if you come with an investment advisor, then you are anyway paying the advisor. So all the investments that the investment advisor recommends to the investor are in what is called the direct code. But there was no like-to-like direct code in the AIF platform. So what ended up happening was that the investment uh, advisor would invest, would advise the in client to invest in a certain uh, product and that product used to have a fee which was a distribution category which was a disadvantage to the investor. Now what has happened is that there will be two plans, there will be a direct plan and a regular plan. So the investment advisors who are charging a fee from the investor will be able to put their investor money into the direct plan thereby offering better returns to their investors so this is the change that has happened.
0: so if i go through a direct plan then the fee that will be charged by the aaf will be lower to me from now on from when the direct plan will be applicable okay that is yeah. correct so what has been the distribution commission so far in case of aaf's uh generally what is the industry practice here
1: so there is no uh, standard industry practice and you know what happens is that there are uh, many uh, ways in which commissions are paid and there are uh, structures and then there are percentages and so on. So it's a little bit of a nebulous uh, situation because there are many legs to it and how it how it uh, all moves. But broadly speaking, the entire commission that is paid to the distributor comes out of what is called the investment management fees that is charged by the investment manager of the AIF to the investors. Now, the investment manager charges various types of fees. They charge first what is called a setup fee. Which could be like a fee to invest in the uh, AIF or whatever, upfront fee or whatever, which usually gets passed on 100% to the distributor. Uh, most of the.
0: What would be the range here?
1: Yeah. So, more, one, we've seen anything between like quarter percent to 2%, which is also called placement fee. It is called various uh, names, but this is usually paid fully to the distributor. Now, uh, if, if, if I was being fair, I think in most cases, the investors themselves ask for a waiver of the placement fee because uh, there are very few investors who end up paying a setup or a placement fee for any alternate investment funds. You have to understand that investors who are investing a crore of rupees in a single fund essentially have a larger corpus. And they are fully aware of how these uh, uh, investments are done and how the pricing works. So, in my experience, I have seen that most investors end up uh, asking for waivers of placement fee or for uh, uh, you know setup costs. So this is one setup fee. I'm sorry, not setup costs. Then there is a uh, what we call a mente- uh, annual or uh, management fee, which is an asset management fee, which could be anything between. Uh, 0.25% to 2% per year. There is no real cap on this now because there is a cap in the advisory platform at 2.5%. In the mutual funds, there are uh, various restrictions on how much uh, the investment manager can charge. But in the AIF schemes, there is no real restriction on how much the investment manager can charge the investor. It is a contract between the investment manager and the client. So, uh, the investment manager ends up charging the investment management fee to the investor. Uh, In a regular plan, in a direct plan, the investment manager usually will not share anything with the distributor. In a regular plan, the investment manager will share anything between 30 to maybe 60-70% of the fees that you receive with the distributor. Now, this is a very, very subjective topic and it depends entirely on what kind of uh, business the distributor is generating for the investor, for the investment manager, uh, volumes, commitment of volumes and so on. So, it's, it's not a straightforward answer but this is the range. Then you have something called a performance fee where the uh, uh, investment manager essentially charges a performance fee based on a certain hurdle rate and what kind of returns they uh, generate for the investor. Uh, The the performance fee is, again, not usually shared with the distributors, but it depends, again, on the uh, distribution agreement between the uh, investment manager and the distributor. Sometimes the the performance fee is also shared With the uh, distributor, the performance fee sharing ratio would be lower. I don't think the distributors uh, will get maybe more than 30-40% of the performance fee because that's really where the investment manager would like to see the alpha on their earnings. So, that's really the way the uh, proposal works. Now, this is in terms of what is the total that they will pay. There is another way, which is the more important way and which is what I think SEBI Uh, really wants to uh, curtail, which is basically how much money the investment manager pays the distributor upfront. So, if you go back 10-15 years, there was a lot of upfront payments which used to happen in mutual funds. So, you know, you had mutual funds used to pay distributors 2-3-4% upfront to basically garner AUM. Uh, all that uh, over the years has got restricted and now mutual funds, for example, is a full trail business. You can only get trail commission in mutual funds.
0: You know, just wanted to, before we go forward, uh, can you also brief on what is upfront commission and what is trail-based commission? I, as an investor, uh, how does it matter to me and uh, how is it charged to me?
1: Yeah, I think... uh, so upfront and trail, basically, as I explained, that you get you will as a investor, you will end up paying management fee to the investment manager. Now the investment manager will pay some commission to the distributor to get uh, assets under management. It's like a sales commission that you are giving to a sales agent, right? Now that uh, commission that you are paying essentially can get paid in one shot, which is what we call upfront or lump sum. Or it could get paid over the life of the investment which basically means that it will get paid on a monthly or a quarterly basis i think the best way to explain this is through an example let's say you are investing uh, one crore rupee in a fund that has two percent expense ratio so you would end up paying two lakh rupees a year to the investment manager commission now the investment manager, let's say they have agreed to pay 60% of this investment management commission to the distributor. So what will happen is that either they can pay one lakh upfront to the investment uh, to the distributor or they can pay 10,000 rupees per month to the distributor. Now the risk for the investment manager is that if I pay one lakh upfront to the distributor, And the client goes away after, say, one month, then I will be out of money. So what do the investment managers do? They will basically do what is called an exit load or they will basically put a lock-in on the product so that you cannot really exit the product in uh, 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 less than one year so that the payment that has been made to the distributor is secure. So that is the first thing that happens. Now, you see, the other problem really is that when you are paid upfront 1,20,000 rupees, you are not interested in anything else, sales agent, but the distribution commission that you are getting upfront. So you will pay, you will basically do the sale and go away. You will not act as a financial advisor in a fiduciary capacity to actually look at the well-being of the client's portfolio. Uh, So that's really the kind of change that the regulator wants to bring about. They basically want to reach a situation where the commissions to the distributors or any other financial advisors are available only on the basis of trade so that the investment advisor is engaged with the investor at all times and they are able to guide and help the investor get better returns from their investment. That is really the thought process. What it also does is it basically discourages bad behavior. You see, if today I am paid upfront 1 lakh on investment of 1 crore, then what I will do is I will go and sell anything that basically gives me the highest commission. For example, I have talked about 1 lakh with a 1 crore product. You can also have 6 lakhs with a 1 crore point because the investment manager could essentially charge instead of 2%, 3% per annum and the investment manager, instead of having a one-year lock-in, can have a three-year lock-in. So, when the investment manager has a three-year lock-in and a 3% expense ratio, the investment manager is basically guaranteed a 9% return in three years they can afford to pay 5-6% to the distributor. So what happens is that the distributor, instead of looking at whether the product is good for his investor, it is suitable for the investor, they end up basically selling the product because for selling 1 crore, they make 6 lakhs. That, I think, is the basic reason why the regulator has come back very hard on these uh, schemes and they have basically changed the way In which uh, uh, the payouts to distributors on alternate investment funds can be done.
0: So, as for the regulator now, even the category 3 AAFs has to go with uh, trial-based commissions only and not upfront commissions. That is correct. What about the Category 1 and Category 2 AAFs, Svineet?
1: I think in Category uh, 1, they have allowed 30% uh, payment. Uh, uh, in 1 or 2, I, it's, if you give me a moment, I'll pull out the circular. But uh, they basically are saying that in Category 3, everything has to be uh, done um uh, on trail basis on CAT one and two, basically they are saying uh that you can basically pay 30 percent up one third,
0: yeah. Up uh, up to one third can be uh yeah. upfront.
1: Yeah. Upfront and the balance basically is what you will have to uh pay through the uh trail commission. Got it, got
0: it. And uh, let's move to the last regulation in that circular. Uh, minute. it talks about disclosure disclosing commission paid to distributor to the AEF investor. So yeah. tell us about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, see, uh, if you if you look at your uh, NSDL cash statement, the consolidated account statement that comes from NSDL, basically today mutual funds have to disclose what is the commission they have paid to the Distributors. So, in the last page or the second last page of the NHDL cash statement, you can basically see what is the uh, commission that is being paid to the in uh, distributor that who has recommended the scheme to you. So, this brings brings a actually a revolutionary level of uh, transparency to the investor because the investor know what exactly are they, they are being charged. So, this is the. Uh, development that has already happened in the mutual fund space. There are two things that the regulator has done. The first thing they have done is that they have said that okay, you have to disclose the commissions that you're paying. Right now, I guess the disclosures are going to be more in terms of the uh the statement that the uh that the investor is going to sign or the form that the investor is going to sign where the There will be some language that this is the commission that is being paid to the distributor. But I will guess that over time, maybe in the next few years, the investment itself will merge with the way in which mutual fund regulations are. And in your NSDL cash statement, you will also be able to see how much commission is being paid to the distributor for AIS. Uh, the reason why I say this is because in the regulation changes that the SEBI has done now, they have also asked investment managers to basically uh, make uh, AIF units available in DMAT form after a certain size. So the moment uh, anything is available in DMAT form, it will automatically show up in a NSDL cash and after it shows up in the NSDL cash statement, I would argue that the piece would also eventually get captured through the DMAT process. But we'll see, this 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 is something that could potentially happen in the future.
0: Vinit, so do you think all these regulations that we've just talked about, do you think they're tran- transformative uh, for the AEF industry?
1: Well, uh, see, the fact is that today with debt taxation being what it is, there will have to be a lot more work that will have to be done in the AIF industry because uh, fundamentally, you know, today the hurdle rate has gone from seven, seven 7.5% to maybe 4.5%. Now, if the investors have to uh, look at ways in which they will be able to make the same level of return, they will have to change their uh investment pattern they will have to actually start taking more illiquidity risk they will have to start taking more risks on aifs and so on so there is no doubt in my mind that this industry itself is going to grow and uh you know as the industry grows i would argue that it will have to get closer and closer to the regulations that are there for other uh regulated uh, in, in uh, intermediary like mutual funds or like PMSs. So one of the things, for example, that the regulator has cleared in their board meeting is uh, about uh, uh, doing uh, exams and doing certifications for people who are fund managers in AIF. So that was not there previously. Now they are talking about it. So I think these are very good changes and the transformation in the AIF industry has already happened. I mean, today the AIF industry is 7, 7.5 lakh crores. It's a very large industry and uh, this industry is probably going to grow at 20-30% now because there is no other way. You have to start developing the alternate investment products that we uh, see in international markets for our investors also to be able to improve their return profile. So these are good changes, I think uh, it is very investor friendly and it creates a level playing for uh, all types of investment intermediaries.
0: Absolutely. As you said, it it creates a level playing field for all the investment products, at least the equity products like mutual funds, uh, PMSs and AAFs, because now everything will be having a, a trail-based commission when it comes to distribution and... Uh, You know, the distribution will the distributor will not have any incentive to uh, go for AEFs uh, in case of equity products just because it is giving the upfront commission and not the mutual fund or the PMS. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. And um, thanks, thanks, Vinita. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, explaining us about uh, the recent changes in the AEF industry.
1: Sure. Thanks a lot, Satya.
0: Thank you. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Suntanam, S-A-T-Y-A-S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye-bye.